Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hello, Victor Lucas. Let's get things started today by conveying a little bit of sad news, a little bit of bad news. I am not going to Fan Expo in Toronto this year. No, you are not. Tell them why. Uh, we are just, uh, we're not sending is the it, whole crew Is it because year. of the Bitman thing? No, it's not the Bitman thing. It's just, uh... It's, Bitman! It's mostly, it's a budgetary thing. We just can't afford to send everybody this year. It's, uh, uh, I'm sad. It's a, it's a lot of dough to do it. And what am we, I going to do? We've done it a couple of years in a row, and, and, uh, I just couldn't... I couldn't justify the expense this time. We've got other things that we need to kind of focus our like money on. I feel like this is, uh, you're sending a message. You're trying to tell me something. Uh, no, I'm not. Because there's a lot of us that aren't going to be there. I'm it's going to be the Toronto teams and I'm coming out. Because, I'm not uh, you know, I, I, it's important to me and it was oh. important to Fan Expo that I come out and, you will and meet with everybody. You'll be the big star there. Well, that's... Who's going to fucking block the bullets if someone tries to assassinate you? Because <laughs> that's no. what I do. No, listen how dark you've already gotten. Yes, it will be very sad how not dark to have I've everybody gotten. there. This is how I wake up in the morning. Yeah, what are you talking about? It's true. Come it will on be now. sad not to see the whole team. I this love year. Toronto. I know, and it's, it's super one of my favorite fun, cities and, and in the world. We always have an incredible time because so we cosmopolitan. have so many viewers in Toronto. You know, it's, you know the shopping there is excellent. Yeah, that's where I can go to buy my furs. I know it's a great city. It's, you know, I, they, well, listen, I I will miss you. The city will miss you. Fan Expo will miss you. Shit, we'll, this is the first time I think since I moved here that I'm not going to go. Well, we'll make it. We'll make it a big deal when we come back next year as a group. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go home and see my family. Yep. You're going to go visit on a vacation. My nieces. I do want a little bit of a vacation, so I'm going to take some time off and uh, and let you go and, and bask in the spotlight. Yep, and, and I'm uh, trying to figure out when I'm going to be able to take a vacation. It's been a big, busy year, man. We've done a lot of stuff already this what year. What year hasn't been busy I know, for I you? Know, I know, it's been insane. 24-7, that's what this job it, is. It has but been we love insane. It. I we do. love it. This is more than a job. This is my life. So this is the, uh, I think, the 400th day in a row of sunshine. It's relentless <laughs> here. Even in the basement, a little bit of sun got down into the basement, and it started to burn a hole through some of the garbage on the floor. Yeah, and it's been a little bit tricky to just sort of bury myself here in the basement and play video games without any guilt, you know? I mean, obviously, it's... it's yeah, what is that summer guilt? What is that thing it, we well, feel? I was talking guilt. about... Was, when you have the sun streaming in... You know, obviously, I I have a, a daughter that's calling out for me now a little bit more too. But you know, when the sun is streaming in, uh, it's just a little bit weird to you know curl up in your darkness and play video games. But I have been digging into curl Saints up Row in your 4. darkness. That sounds like a name of a good acoustic album. Uh, totally. I've been playing Saints Row Four and Pikmin Three, which is a uh, a, a great contrast. I and can't do any gaming right now because it's too sunny. Yeah, because all the sun comes in the window. Even when I have the blinds lowered in my apartment. Because I moved to a new place now. I live on the 14th floor. Yeah. Just like the Jeffersons. Yep. Moved on up. And uh, there's too much sun and there's so much glare that when I go back to a game like The Last of Us, which is so relentlessly dark and it's so relentlessly sunny out... I mean, the sun doesn't even go down here until like 10 o'clock. I yeah, can't even start gaming until experience, 10, 30. So I haven't been really yeah. gaming at all. Yeah. You know? I uh, have been. I've been, I've been. I miss it, you know, and I'm getting really excited for the new machines oh and I really God. want to play some of the new stuff that's coming but out. It's been fun. What new stuff? What new stuff? What, 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 well, what the fuck I, are you excited about? I was about? thinking of Titanfall the other day. I'm thinking of Infamous oh like crazy. Infamous is actually going to be, uh, if you're listening to this before it airs, Infamous is number 95 on our top 100 list. And that's Infamous as a franchise. We're huge fans of that. It's been really cool, actually, to 
Uh, you know, let me guess what you're going to be able to do in that game: go around and do things like you could in Infamous One and Infamous you're Two. You're a superhero, you know, and you can do that in Saints Row it's Four. The same too. shit, man. I love that stuff, though. I man. love it too, but I've done it too many times. I'll tell you what: Saints I've Row been, Four is uh, I haven't played it. It's Crackdown. Did I tell you it's too uh, bright in my apartment? Yeah, I know, I but it's Crackdown, brother. Listen, this is what I played. I, yep. I took a train trip down to Seattle last yep. weekend. We had a three-day holiday weekend here in Canada. And uh, Kingdom Rush. I play fucking Kingdom Rush. <laughs> I never wanted that train to arrive at its destination. <laughs> I cannot tell you. That is the, I have to erase this thing that's because my go-to as well, it man. eats I, up the hour. I've you know what? Vita, I'm going to tell you something. And, and my this, 3DS in my bed with me as I'm trying to curl I'm up and go to tell sleep. You but something. Kingdom Rush is what I go back to all the time. It's and ridiculous. You know, it's so hard. It's so unapologetically yeah. hard. And I'll tell you what. It's not hard in a way that makes it seem impossible. No, I, I always think it's my fault you get when to the, 15th, the levels don't work out. You get to the 15th level, you get very far into that last round, and then a fleet of little spiders or dogs runs past but your dude. This and is you what fucking I fucking flip out. That's what I love, though, is the yeah. way that the game forces me to memorize stuff because yeah. I'll be like, okay, there's going to be the flying wasp at some point, yeah. and I'm going to have to make sure that I have the arrow towers all leveled up to deal with those guys. And so you start making these plans in your head. And whenever you get to a moment in a video game where you start making those plans, where you're, it's like it's like when you're a kid and you're drawing yeah. you know plans in the dirt when you're on the sandlot. Yep. You start making those plans. That's when I'm having fun. That's and when I'm the game you, crosses Jesus. over and becomes a novel. And, you and, know, and there, you're reading through chapters when uh, I don't know about that. I mean, it, I don't honestly, know about your metaphor. I can't support that metaphor. It's a, I mean, that's the way I feel. Like if I'm really wrapped up in a story. It's the last time you read a novel. Long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> Maybe before I started Electric. Huckleberry player. Finn. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, I think I'm. This is you're not going to like this. Yeah. I think this is a strong candidate for game of the year. I probably spent it's, more time playing this game than any other game in 2013. I, I, I like it. I think it's a great game. I, mean, I don't I, like it. I love it. It's a, no, I, th- I like that statement. I think it's an oh, irrefutably like okay. addictive, engrossing. It's the right size. It's, it's on the right platform. It's amazing, yeah. And I think that's such a huge part of what we always talk about. Is it the right size for the right platform? Fuck, mobile is killing it right now. There's no question. Not I mean, really. De- what else is there? Deus Ex the Fall is no. kick-ass. There's, there's like you know? three other mobile games no, that are there worth are playing other, besides the there are other cool games. Home, which uh, you know, Sean and Marissa just reviewed, is really cool on iOS. You know, I kept reading about this ridiculous fishing game, and yeah. so I bought it. Yeah. Like an asshole. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. It's stupid. Well, it's it's uh, it's a it's waiting in line at the bank. Kind well, it's, of game. it'd be a nice game if it was 2009. Right. You know? I'm I'm like we, yeah, we've we, come so far. I know. From this kind of you silly gimmicky Rush. bullshit. Uh, and Deus Ex: The Fall is just like that too. It's a console game that you can play. I mean, it's, okay, I haven't tried it. It's deep as hell, and XCOM is deep as hell. Uh, I still love Starfleet Command. I mean, there's lots of these really great, you know, core awesome experiences. And I have been downloading games. I want to jump into Dragon's Crown on the Vita. I. I uh, uh, Dragon's Crown. Yeah, that this is like the a medical new, condition. Uh, Muramasa kind of uh, looking type game. So it's, it's like a uh, a side-scrolling RPG that you can play with. Dragon's up to four Crown. People. Okay, you can play between the PS3 and the Vita. Uh, I got a chance to look at it at E3, and it's beautiful. Well, listen, when I, I went to uh, when I went when I went took my train trip last week, and I brought the Vita with me. I powered it all up. I got yep. a bunch of games. Thomas was alone. I got Guacamelee. Yeah. And uh, I, and I, you know, I still have uh, what's that Hotline Miami all on there. Yeah. And I, I brought it with me. Didn't even touch it. And you went just, to it just got Kingdom a, got, Rush. My Vita took a nice trip to Seattle last well, weekend. The, the other thing is Kingdom Rush is one of those games that you will sink so many hours into and 
you're done with gaming. Like it's like you've you've put three hours so into it, yeah. and it's like, oh my god, three hours have just been sucked out of my life. I can't really just like now start a new Vita game. You've got to put it all away. I mean, that's that's the well, uh, you feel kind of exhaust that gaming exhaustion, yes, and and, I know. and it's a nice feeling, and I don't yep. feel it often enough these days. And you're right because what I would do is I'd close the iPad. I play it on the iPad Mini, which yep. you gave me as a Christmas gift last yep. year. I appreciate that. Uh, and then I'd close it up and I'd wait like ten minutes, and then I would be back in there again. <laughs> well, I couldn't get enough. And now there's new levels. There's a free update. I love how Armor Games has been yeah. so they've been so uh, they've been so liberal with sharing free content. And and keeping that game alive and keeping it on the radar. They don't just, they're like, here's the game and then they're done with it. They keep adding shit to it. Well, I'll tell and you. And that is awesome. That kind of support is so awesome. The they, and they don't ask you to pay for it. The 3DS has been open quite a bit for me too. Uh, playing more Donkey Kong Country. What happened is that Super uh, Luigi U, which we reviewed on the show, which was fun, uh, made me kind of miss a little Super Mario Brothers 2 and, and Donkey Kong on the 3DS. And that, those have been go-to escapes for me as well mm -hmm. you could beat a level you know or try to speed through a level and then and then continue on you know you close it but they don't have it even those games they don't suck the hours away like kingdom rush does right now and i, I totally am speaking your language i don't I, I, know I feel, I feel what you're saying because i am exactly in the same position i don't even play you. it during the week because i just don't have time i, I just don't i don't even want to turn it on it's so Monday much better Friday. than field runners too i mean field runners is is a shadow for me no i, I mean i love field runners it doesn't have the personality kingdom rush that kingdom is something rush has. about it you know and there's Lots of other good tower defense things out there, but there's something about Kingdom Rush. You feel like Field Runners is, is still a masterpiece. I know it is, but it doesn't have the warm heart. I, I almost that bought. Rush there's has. a new um, uh, um, what with the the monsters, uh, Pixel Junk Monsters Deluxe for the Vita is out on the Vita, and I've played that thing way too much, which is another fantastic tower defense game. I don't really want to download that and get sucked into that when I've got the Kingdom Rush addiction still burning. Pixel Junk Monsters still... It was one of my first tower defense experiences. What is it with tower defense? Why the fuck are they so fun? What's the deal with these things? Because it's it's kinetic, but it's also cerebral at yeah. the same time, and it's the perfect blend of the two things because you're constantly... And I think it also works great in these portable platforms. I don't want to sit in front of my TV and play these fucking things. Now, I'm not a League of Legends guy, and I don't play StarCraft II competitively or anything like that, but I would imagine that's the pull for those kinds of games as well. You know, It's a the, little twitchy, but also really yeah, intellectual. Yeah. yeah, I want to hear from people that are listening, actually, if they play those games, and what is it about those games that really pulls them into to those experiences? And I, really, I'm actually hankering. I want to try that stuff. I want to see, you know... I want to pull myself away from the consoles and the tablets and everything and sit down at the PC and really sink myself into those kinds of experiences for a while. I you think know? if you look back over the last 20 years or so, uh, it's, I mean, this is one of the only new genres we've had. You know? Tower I mean, defense? Yeah. I mean, it's Well, and it's huge... an old genre. I mean, it's it's something from the classic days of Mac gaming and everything. I mean, there's really? been, yeah, there's been old, old tower defense. It just was revitalized. How old? Really? Yeah. I never played it. I until, didn't. I, I never didn't played play it until it. Pixel Junk, and, I, and until yeah. it became, until it kind of had a pop culture moment, and until yeah. uh, uh, you know, and, and Pixel Junk was my first exposure, and I, w I remember. I never beat that game. It yeah. was one of the hardest video games oh, I've ever yeah. played. But you know what I would do? Every night I would hurl myself into the fucking gears of yep. that game and get yep. chewed up and spat out. And I would well, get up the way, next day and do it again. It's Advanced Wars. It's XCOM. XCOM was you know ranked high up on our uh, 100 list as well. It's it's these cerebral strategy. You know, beat the computer. You feel like a like a you know 
a, a super smart person, if you're able to advance to the next level, these are incredible games. You know, they're games that really get the, they test your puzzle solving skills and your your strategic skills as much as anything else. You know, plus when you add the uh, you know, graphic richness and some character and some nice little music bursts and some cool voice uh, dialogue pieces. Uh, it's a really compelling piece of entertainment, man. I don't know what it is with the uh, with the with the voices in Kingdom Rush because I hated them so much at first and it really turned me off. But then you turn the sound off and you miss them. And, and then you know, yeah. for, like there's that part where you, you you know you really you can upgrade your uh, bomb towers, yep. the ones that lob the bombs uh, to the maximum. And, and the guy goes, he is kind of an Irish brogue. He's, Let's get ready to rumble. And, and I'm just like. I kind of look forward to hearing that Me now. too. And I don't know why, because well, I fucking, I should hate it. Because you spent a fortune to get that let's get ready to rumble. The other thing that I really love in the game is the uh, super fast um, speed arrows that come out of the the uh, the, the arrow uh, turrets with the guys all up in the, in the rooftop shooting yes. the uh, bows and arrows. Yes. Uh, if you advance to the third level of that yes. you are completely badass because yes. they just it's like machine the gun arrow shots are going down i love it i yeah. love it okay I, enough kingdom rush I, I, we are now talking about kingdom rush not? as much as we're playing kingdom Shit. rush so we went over what we're playing and yeah. now let's talk about what we're watching what i don't what tv shows are you watching these days i was watching justified the new season of justified okay. or the most recent season of justified i love that show okay. it's uh, based on elmore leonard's work um, and uh, Timothy Oliphant is perfectly cast as this uh, Marshall. Uh, you know, witty dialogue. It's got kind of a, um, a Kentucky bluegrass kind of take on old school 30s patter, and mm -hmm. I love that kind of thing. It's got a pulpy sensibility about it, and all the actors are wonderful in the flick, and there's lots of guest stars. Eric Layden actually was in uh, one of the shows not so long ago. Oh, I like Eric. And, uh, you know, I just love the show, and I got into the, about the fifth or sixth episode, and it okay. was a nice little escape from uh, all the other things that we have going on around here. And then uh, tell us who uh, has the uh, the service that I have. I'm on the optic service or whatever. Okay. Uh, for some reason, it's not there now. So I'm halfway through a season, and I can't. And I was watching him from the on-demand uh, thing. You know, gonna, they've got. going to turn TV. into a rant. Well, I just like if it it's out. there. Just give it. Give us the whole season first of all. If you've got an on-demand thing, because I want to watch the new season of The Killing, and I missed the uh, the run of that, and I didn't record it. Uh, so, so you know, on demand on AMC's little channel there on your on your cable box, they have like four episodes of like se episode seven, eight. And I want to watch the whole thing from the beginning. If you're going to mm. offer on demand of these shows, yep. let them have it. Vic. Put the whole damn thing up Give there it to and them. let them let people see it for a year. Preach or two, on, brother you know? man. It's ridiculous. I did yes. watch a little uh, um, uh, a little bit more of the uh, Ray Donovan. It was okay. Oh fuck that show. It's a little bleak. Uh, and I've been watching a little bit more Dexter. You know what show was, has been riveting? And I know you haven't watched any of this yet. So you yeah, what do you got? The Newsroom. And I know that it's... Uh, I heard that it had a really terrible ending the first season. That's what That, that was the word on the street. I think this is one of those divisive types of uh, shows out there because Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin, is the, the writer and creator of the show. He likes to preach like crazy in his dialogue. And it's everybody is smug, especially Jeff Daniels' character. Uh, every, you know, and he's always on the right side of every decision, and he's he's just a smarmy, know-it-all, self-righteous. But there there is a purity to the aspirational messages that they're creating in the way that they look at news and the way that they're trying to tell a better story there. And they're slapping the wrists of cable news 
uh, like crazy through the uh, programming of the uh, of each episode. They're also, uh, you know, dissecting the Tea Party, dissecting um, the, uh, the the Wall Street protests. Uh, you know, there's what Sorkin kind of does is he interweaves real life events and real life dates into the fiction of the storytelling. Okay. And he and he paints a picture of the conflict in a newsroom. Uh, when they're trying to make money as a business and they got to appeal to rate, you know, uh, the the people that run the networks and get those ratings and get, sell those advertisers, uh, you know, trying to create news as entertainment, and you know, Jeff Daniels' character and the and the executive producer of the of the newsroom are, are trying to get back to purity and get get back to civility and create something that actually has value and a meaning, you know? And some sometimes it gets too soapboxy. Olivia Munn has a big role on the show, which is kind of crazy because I've known her for, uh, I don't know her, know her, but I've known her from Attack of the Show and all of those days. So it's really weird to see her sort of move up the ranks in Hollywood to, to this kind of a level. But I think she's doing a really good job actually on the show. I just love the show. I just think I get lost in the rhythms of the of the dialogue. Sometimes it's too wordy. Sometimes people don't take a breath, and there's like the way I'm talking all the time. So, but there's just a lot of uh, messages coming at you. But the actors are so damn good that you get lost in these conversations, you know. And I was watching it the other night with my wife, and we both I could tell that we were both locked into the show. We weren't thinking about any other social media or anything else happening in our lives. This was just, we were lost in this world. And I think that happens so rarely right now in TV. You know, there's so many decent shows out there or good shows, but they don't completely consume you as effectively as this one does. You know? Yeah, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it, so you got nothing on it. But I feel like I uh, have heard enough from you now that I don't need to see it. I think you have to see it. I think I'm too busy. No, it's a, it's a really good show. A lot I of people don't the, uh, like it, but right. I really like it. That's it's, enough about it's, that. It's my show. Maybe it's because I make TV and I, I, uh, I can kind of see. Uh, it's interesting for me to see sort of behind the scenes on that kind of stuff from that perspective as well. But I really love the show. Yeah, I've been watching uh, Boardwalk Empire the first season, yep. and uh, I'm not impressed. I feel like everything is there yeah. for a terrific TV show. Yeah. I feel like all the elements are there. We've got a terrific setting. We've got Atlantic City during Pro- Prohibition. We got all the right actors. We got Scorsese producing. We've got uh, Steve Buscemi playing yep. Nucky Thompson. Uh, all kinds of great performances, great writing. And it just doesn't lift off for some reason. It doesn't ever really come together. It doesn't feel like we're going, we're finding out any new information. It's or a, we're, it's we're a going meandering some, first season for sure. The just, second season like, is much better. I know, but it's just like who sticks around for multiple seasons? If the, you know, and, and it's one of these slow burn shows where everyone yeah. keeps saying, hey, just stick with it. It gets a little bit better. And, I'm, and I just... I'm just. I would rather go play Kingdom Rush. You know, yeah, like I, I, know. I. You know, well, that's so, what I'm saying. That's why the newsroom has been a kind of a shock because a, it's not about death. It's not about gangsters. It's not about serial killers. It's not about bikers. It's you know about kind of normal people in, in extraordinary kind of situations, and they're just sort of trying to kind of navigate through all of that stuff. And there, there doesn't seem to be too much television like that. You know, either it's sitcoms or it's the bleakest shit imaginable. And the newsroom kind of sits in the middle of it, but it's an adult show with people losing their cool and swearing and being stressed out and being pushed to their limits kind of emotionally, but nobody's getting tortured. I have these hopes when I sit down with any TV show that it's just gonna, you know, that yeah. suction moment where Homeland you're like, will do that. 
I Am Right Here. Yeah, Homeland and Justified are, are the two shows yep. I think I'm going to explore next. Those get super dark. The other mean, thing... It is amazing how, many, how much dark TV there is. Well, it's the there. era of the anti-hero, right? Yeah, we go totally. with the... We got uh, Walter White and we've got Tony totally. Soprano and we've got uh, Don Draper and it's just like not, these people... I mean, they seem more human somehow and nobody's perfect, right? But these yeah, guys but are just, so far from perfect. It, but it's exhausting. I mean, my... Uh, you know, my wife and I, we, we get sucked into all these great shows like most people are right now and... And, you know, at the end of a week, after you've watched a bunch of these things on your PVR, you, it, it's just if you, you don't feel good, you know? Like hey, Life's a dirty business, I guess. That's, that's the <laughs> you, message. Yeah, you watch, uh, you know, Dexter kill somebody, and then you watch uh, the cops on the killing try to solve the killing of somebody. Then you watch a little Homeland, and somebody's being tortured. But you know what, I, you know what I do? I'm still working my way through Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you for laughing. <laughs> season three. Yeah, okay. And uh, that's fra- a classic sitcom. Fucking, I mean, there's you know, a there's a beauty in an art and a and a. Uh, you are know, you kidding? Yes, I love that show. And you know, that show really lifts off. I don't think a lot of people realize this, or or and I don't really tell this story too often. But Friends was actually one of my favorite shows when I was conceiving the Electric Playground. You know, and I love the the. Uh, informality and the genuine uh, sort of love that the characters all had for each other and you when know, I was thinking of Electric Playground as this new way to kind of create news magazine programming around this kind of uh, fan-based entertainment I wanted a team that genuinely cared for each other and hung out together like the cast of Friends oh and my God. I, I want I, I it was utopian it was idealistic for sure but I wanted it to feel you're so well, fucking corny sometimes. Yeah, but come on. Listen, I'm I, talking about Cheers. That's kind of what happened with the show. Somehow is what you I'm took saying. my Cheers took digression, and you didn't you like turned Friends. It, you turned it into your friends. Fuck Friends, man. You like Friends? Come on, Chandler. No, even if I like Friends, I wouldn't admit it. You in like public. Friends? No, it was a great show. Never admit that again show. in public. Awesome Listen, so okay. you know who really I also brings like Lost. Season three, Kelsey Grammer comes onto the show as Fraser Crane, yep. and man, he is—it's the right moment to introduce a new character. He's yeah. Diane's love interest in the awesome. thir- third season. Sam's got his shirt open. The man has hair on his chest. Let me tell you, yeah, this is back late eighties, early nineties. I'm a little jealous, right? Yeah. Are you jealous? He's got his pants up to like just below his nipples for some reason. He always wears his pants pulled up so high. That was the, that was the and style back then. He's got the beautiful then. fucking lion's mane of hair. That was a. Uh, and, and you know what? I got to tell you yeah. that uh, I'm not sure it was a toupee back then, but you can see that it's thinning out in spots. Okay. I know he, he completely lost all of his hair. Yeah. And may that never happen to us. <laughs> all right. But, you know, uh, you know, it makes me feel good before I go to bed and I always have a nice dream. Nice. And, uh, and you know, I wake up a little, feeling a little more that. positive in the, the next day. And it's just it's a nice sort of day ending palate cleanser. Come I got on. it. I watch How it on my little iPad cheers? mini. Yeah. How and it's you, great. And I still have five more fucking seasons to go. Awesome. You know, I still How, got the Kirstie Alley well, and years. And then you can move on to Friends. And Friends will make you very happy <laughs> I've never well. seen that show. Yes, you have. Great show. <laughs> Chandler has that crazy anyway, ex-girlfriend. So, uh, it's good. They, I think a duck moves in for a little while. <laughs> it's a fun show, man. Jennifer Aniston and We're the Millers. Now, we, yeah, we uh, saw that. that we saw shit. that. Yeah, that was shit. Don't yeah. go see that. Uh, yeah. We saw The Mortal Instruments, The City of Bones. Uh, I that thought open? that was okay. That's next week, though. We can't talk about that. I it's thought it was week. shit. No, uh, anyway, let's look at the box office. <laughs> well, we can talk about Elysium now. We couldn't talk about it last well, week. Well, can you believe Two Guns is at the top of the box yes, office? Yes, that's Amazing. a good show. People Amazing. like Mark Wahlberg and they like Denzel Washington. They're going to go and see those I can't believe it. This is, but this is the first time we've ever told people to go see something and they actually did. I think it's at the top it's of the box office. It's all because of us. Yeah, this it's podcast all, and, uh, and people watching our review. Number so, two is The Wolverine. Welcome. 
Yeah, that was Making a fun some movie. Making some serious money. That was a fun movie. Number three, The Smurfs 2. Don't have anything to say about The Smurfs 2. We did not see that. No. Number four is The Conjuring, and number five is Despicable Me 2. That was good. That's all right. Yeah, that's an all right uh, top five at the box office, even though it's been a shit summer. Pacific now you- Rim's going to get a sequel, which makes you incredibly happy. Today I bought a Pacific Rim t-shirt on 2 Fury, which will also make you very happy when I wear that into work one day. Yep, celebrating total pieces of shit. Come on. Pacific Rim Soulless, was fun. gutless, heartless. Uh, but, okay. Yeah, let's have more of it. Let's talk about Elysium, which uh, I uh, I am going to say on the show today, if you watch the show, it's my favorite movie of 2013. And, uh, it's a broken movie, though. It's, uh, it's not perfect, but I loved it's the... It's got a lot of problems. I love the energy and the effort and the uh, the visual style of the film, the production quality. I liked but Matt Damon. the story Damon. and the characters No, I like the characters. I like the characters. Come on. I, I they're feel all like stock characters from other films, man. For sure. Even Matt but Damon's we, character. We, Matt Damon is a great actor. He's not given enough to do in this movie. I think he's pretty damn cool. The exosuit he, does more than he does. He is a soulful dude ah, that's wrapped up in this broken world. He's trying to do right. And, you know, I love the idea of... Uh, Los Angeles completely destroyed and completely overrun by uh, uh, the, you know a Latino population and the full integration and and that hope for a better world up there and that complete sort of uh, class-based cutoff. You have to be super rich in order to live with any kind of health. I thought all of those messages are kind of uh, you know obvious and and around us everywhere, but they need to be told and retold and reshaped and and reformed into palatable fun escapism it's a little like this. condescending it though. is condescending but it's also you know you think it's necessary there, it's I don't. necessary and there's a I truthfulness the and there's viewers and the people with an appetite for this stuff are well aware of these issues for sure absolutely we're it's all n- very smart yeah but you know what it's also palatable to a wide audience that's not my big problem with the movie though my big problem is a lot of the characters charlto copley's character uh, we're talking about Jodie Foster's character. We're talk- talking about Bill Fickner's character. Yeah. They're all from fucking, you know, Central Casting Caster. Central. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're all characters we've seen in other movies, and they've been done better, well, and they've been more complicated. There's some There's some tying up people on a train track. All three of them are so one-dimensional, yeah, I, and that's a real it. problem. You know what this movie That creates me big, of? boring holes in the movie, having this, those characters not I be compa- more compelling. This is not Children of Men. Okay. And it's not District 9. And it's not District 9. Not by a long shot. But it's kind of like Minority Report. And Minority Report. Which I know you love and I don't love. That has stood the test of time, that film. There's lots of incredible sci-fi in that movie. There's you lots just of want the floating uh, screens so you can move them around in air. That's all you want. Uh, sure, all of that stuff was cool, but the prescient kind of uh, look at the way advertisement was going to follow us and all of that stuff was really heady and way ahead of its time. That movie came out like 10 years ago. You know, That was a long time ago that that thing was uh, on screens. And there's a lot of unforgettable stuff in that film. But it also was mired in some predictable, uh, you know, kind of rote storytelling. The mystery around the, the, the movie was not that mysterious. And I, I think I that felt that's... Like it was more interesting than Elysium. Though. No, I think that's also true in Elysium. I think that the, uh, there are dead ends in the way that the story is told in here. You know, and Jodie Foster is a bit of a disappointment, but I Even don't Even the way think, she's killed. Sorry, I, spoiler. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want... You know, that isn't what I'm going to remember about Elysium. 
what I'm going to remember about Elysium are the incredible camera techniques that that take oh, us into on. the uh, camera techniques. I, I, I love that shit, man. You're fucking killing and me. I, I love the immersion. That's not what of, makes a great movie. Uh, it's part of it. No, it's yes, yeah, it's it a is. very small part. No, of it. No, listen, a movie isn't just about characters two people sitting in a, in a room and talking. Nope. No, it characters isn't. and story. It's an That's amalgamation it. of a, a tremendous amount of artists coming up with a, a yeah, single I, I, concept I, I'm and not, production design and music it's and such storytelling a small, and all of these pieces. negligible part no, of what makes no, a movie good. Not to me. Yeah, you are. No, it you isn't. Are wrong. Sir. I like the way that the science fiction that that Neil Blomkamp creates feels palpable. It feels like it's really there. It feels like it's 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 going to happen, and it feels like it's happening before your eyes. And there are some shots in this movie that I've never seen in a movie before. Oh my god! When we when he when. But we, who cares if the characters are fucking paper thin? They're and not. The story is bad. No. The, then who cares the, about the shots? They aren't paper thin. The way that Blomkamp is writing his characters, and this was true with uh, Copley and uh, or Copley in uh, District Nine, is that he is I- I- imbuing a tremendous amount of respect in and people's attention span and intellect to be able to kind of connect dots. Now, District 9 had a better theme. This is such a nerd case for and it, this. No, come on. It had a better theme and it had a better conceit of it being kind of like a, docu, char- a like, documentary kind Victus of Victus is a real everybody. character. He was a flawed character. I think he Matt Damon is completely real, real His transformation too. is completely believable. No, but listen. What was different about that was that there was this, this crazy alien transformation about it. And the movie itself felt alien because it was set in South Africa in, in a world that we are not at all familiar with. Elysium uses tones and characters and concepts that we are very familiar with and an actor that we're incredibly familiar with. So there, there is not that, that alien uh, distance that we have in there. There's also some pretty, uh, you know, straightforward American kind of messaging going on there about healthcare and all of that stuff happening in this movie that we're all, you know, completely aware of as well. But the way that, that Blomkamp, you know, shapes and frames and puts his, his stories together is incredible and it's unlike every other filmmaker out there i think the only one that that kind of rivals him is coron the guy that's uh, ha- has gravity and he did children of men now this movie got away from him I, he, he was I, dealing I, with some can i talk yeah go ahead he was dealing with some very big egos some very powerful people in hollywood he had a lot more pressure on him this is his sophomore effort and the movie just got away from him the story wasn't in place when i'm sure when they started making this thing i'm there are big holes here that are not filled in there are real problems with this movie. I'm disappointed. I feel like I went in thinking this is the movie of the summer. This is the movie of the year, and it's not. Well, it's my favorite movie of the year, and I would agree with you that there are big disappointments in the movie. I would absolutely agree with that. And I also think that he he did have the pressure of having a lot more money to spend and a lot more... He's got fucking Matt Damon to deal with. He's got Jodie Foster to deal I, with. I don't think those two are the problems here. I think those two are consummate professionals that are team No, but I'm saying if people. you're a new director, relatively new, you've right. made one film that was critically well-received, made a little bit of money, you're kind of a hero to people like us... Uh, and, and, you know, you're trying to use, you've got tools in the toolbox that are so much more powerful right. than Charlotte Copley's character in District 9. You've got Matt Damon, fucking one of the most bankable, biggest movie stars in the world, most recognizable movie star. Yeah, but he, You've he got is, to manage he, this guy. He is also capable of being in shit movies. Remember Green Zone? I mean, he's capable of, uh, you, know, yes. you know, being a good thing in a, in a crap film, you know? I, I just think it got too big. He got, I, he got I, too I, ambitious. I think, I, I think it's the studio too possibly Hollywood. asking him to escalate the, the sort of, no, you know, the notes that people predict in these big summer blockbusters, for sure. 
you know, and also when you start to make it more appealing is- to an American Hollywood style audience, which District Nine really didn't, and it didn't connect in that way either. It wasn't that no, it size of a hit. Money. It no. was. It was a, uh, a great film that a lot of people appreciated, but it wasn't a blockbuster that changed everything. It but it made maybe, him a hero to us. Yeah, he was, yeah, it was maybe our favorite movie of that year, but it wasn't for everybody. And I think, you know, when you taper and, and have the budgets and the big studio kind of backing like you, you had with Elysium, you have to make concessions. And I don't think every one of those concessions was the right move. And that's what undermines the overall... Uh, you know, m- you know, classic caliber quality of this film, but there's still enough ballsiness. There's still enough gutsy, you know, pieces in this movie that make it m- the most entertaining piece of uh, of filmmaking I saw in 2013 so far. I the, ne- the next would be uh, Iron Man three. I was surprisingly bored. Yep. By this, there just wasn't enough going on here, and I'm disappointed, and, I, and, and I'm heartbroken. Well, honestly, you know, the thing that keeps ringing in my ears is just how on point Lucas and Spielberg were at that that fucking panel that I went to. They were talking about this. They they're, were saying this is, that... The, this is right in their wheelhouse. This is exactly well, what they they're were, talking about. Well, this is about. exactly what they said. They said that Hollywood could really suffer some catastrophic stuff. And look at the write-down that uh, Disney is going through right now with uh, Lone Ranger. He, they said that they're always shooting for the fences and five or six of these things crashing and burning is really going to change everything. Now, if Elysium also flops... And it might. It might. Cause, like, I think it might. It's it's a weird time, right? Everybody's trying to outdo themselves. I just read this thing with Lindelof. He was talking Damon Lindelof, who's a, a you know was one of the creators and big writers in Hollywood on Lost and a bunch of other things. He's talking about uh, the escalation of a uh, of Star Trek, and he says if you have to start at saving the world, you know it's going to be ridiculous and huge, and cities are going to be destroyed, and it feels like that's happening in every single movie. Every and that's movie. and that's a big problem that Hollywood has got right now. So every movie they have to have some kind of catastrophic, you know, city destroying massive event, and they start to blur and look exactly the same. And that's why Man of Steel had to trump the Avengers, and that's why a lot of people had problems with the amount of you know city violence that was going on in Man of Steel. Um, but you know, Lucas and Spielberg were talking about this, saying that if Hollywood has a bunch of these things in a row, it could really devastate everything and change the entirety of the way these films are, are funded for the future. You and, know? and that would be a good thing. Maybe. You know, you know what? I think I think Neil Neil is still a great director. I think yeah. he's a great director of smaller films, though. I well, think we'll I, see. This this is just it was it just got away from him. I, I really know, feel man. like that's what happened. I, I mean, I, I think this is Minority Report caliber, and I I, I think oh, it's Jesus. great. It's great sci-fi. It, it's, it, it's not great it's sci-fi. Re, no, it really is science fiction on film. It maybe not be the best science fiction conceived, but it's great science fiction on film. That is, uh, uh, that, that's not a, a huge club. There aren't lots of great science fiction movies, you know, that take you away and transport you. But that doesn't mean we should just raise this up because it's... There's so few of these things. No, but I It's not a great film. You know what? Fuck the genre. Is it a a great film? It's a a good film. No, it's not. It's It's not a good film. film. It's a mediocre film at best. It's a good film. No. It's a good film. Agreeing to disagree here down in the basement. Your mom is yelling from upstairs for us to please (laughs) keep it down. And I believe she said, you two assholes. You two assholes. You're just about done. Yeah, we are done for the day. And so what's coming up next? What's left? You know, I got a pass here. 
uh, sitting, just got delivered to the basement for Kick-Ass 2. Awesome. So we're going to see that soon. Awesome. We'll be talking about that. I'm sure I'll hate it. Yep, Jim I'm sure Jim you'll already. find some camera moves in it that you'll love. <laughs> I like camera moves. Be terrific. I uh, like production, man. I superhero appreciate, I appreciate all that it takes to build a movie, man. Or a game. All right. It's hard to build cool things. So, uh, yeah. So this week on our top 100 games, we've taken a look at Sonic, Thief, XCOM, Mortal Kombat, Wii Sports. We've got a lot of biggies coming up. And we got a long way to go yet, yes, my friend. Do. Yeah, hundreds yeah. more for us to yes, get through. Do. Yeah, so you can look forward to all that coverage in the coming days yeah, and, and weeks Yeah, we're actually we're trying months. to figure out something on our site for people to be able to write us their top 100s. And yeah, who cares? I don't want that. I want that. I want to read some ideas. I want to read some. How of much the, time do you have? You're going to sit around I, reading people's top 100. You, you're going to look at number one and number 100, and then I you're going to move on. I want to. I want to see what people have got to say out there. I don't know if I we know, have that kind of technology. We have that. Te- we're working on it. We're working on it right now. <laughs> Who's working on it? The elves down in the workshop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Come on. The EP elves are working on it. All right. All right. Go see Elysium this weekend, everybody. Or not. Yeah, go see it and nope. maybe take in Pacific Rim a second time, but see it in 2D. Oh, my God. I All right. fucking strangled you one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> like an Th- asshole. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>